There's a great quote that I like from an author I also very much like, Peter Kreeft, who uh, uses the image of, of sowing, sowing seed and then reaping the harvest, right? But it goes like this. It says, he says, you sow a thought, you reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. And sow a character and reap a destiny. Notice it begins with a thought. There's a well-done video floating around YouTube and the internet uh, for a little while now. I was originally showing it by our youth minister, Becca Hadley, but uh, it's called Under the Surface, and it's just a, a silent video. It has music playing, and it shows different uh, school uh, students, maybe in high school, and, and, and passing through the hallways and doing their high school activities. And, and it, for each one, it pauses on them, and, and, and just a, a little word, a few words of explanation of what's going on under the surface in their lives flashes up. So maybe you have like a, uh, the star athlete, the star baseball player will be there, and he's getting all the attention and all that, but the words simply flash up. You know, th this young man, he, uh, he just wants his father to come to a baseball game, who never does, right? The father's absent, and he just wants his father's love, and he's not getting it, and he's seeking elsewhere to find it. He has that thought in his mind, and it changes his actions, his behavior. You have another person that maybe is, she's dressed in an unconventional way, perhaps, and acts maybe in an unconventional way, and, and it shows that, you know, the words that flash up, that she doesn't have parents at home, right? They're constantly at work, and when they do come home, they just yell at her, and she has that struggle to go home to every day. And so, acts change, her acts change because of this thought that is in her head, she wants her parents and their attention under the surface. It's a great video. Uh, I highly recommend it. But it also brings back an experience that I had in high school when I wasn't the subject of these bullies, but I noticed I was getting, I noticed bullies, and I noticed uh, myself getting very angry and kind of struggling to, to accept this. I mean, not accept it, but to, to love, to... Uh, uh, and, and so uh, I had a good relationship, good rapport with a priest, and he just helped me to see that, okay, you see the externals, you see the way that they're acting as bullies, and it's a bad thing. But just so you know, and he wasn't breaking confidence or anything, but you know, one of them is a son of, of immigrants who have struggled for their whole uh, lives to, to, to provide just food on the table for this young man. You know, let that, let that sink in. Let that, the reality of that thought that is in his mind, that how much struggle he goes home to every day, and maybe this is a way he acts out, right? And uh, this priest continued to show me different ways that there is a thought underlying so many of our actions, this thought that very often is not a correct thought, one that needs to be healed, transformed, changed, so that our actions can follow. So again, that beautiful quote, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. And sow a character, reap a destiny, a whole life. But it begins with a thought. And a life, a whole life, can be changed with just changing a thought. That's the principle behind a, the modern uh, psychological method known as CBT, right? Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. That if we change our thoughts, that behaviors tend to follow from that. So, for example, if, uh, if one tends to really think a lot and read about and watch things about uh, plane crashes, right? It tends to affect maybe my behavior on whether or not I'm willing to travel on planes or not. So the uh, CBT method would be say, stop thinking about those crashes, and maybe you'll be more willing to travel on planes, right? Thoughts have very powerful influence on our actions, but way more importantly than modern psychology. In fact, 2,000 years before modern psychology started using this method, our Lord Jesus Christ gave a message to us, very similar. He says to us, and he says to us today, to put on the mind of Christ. 
to learn to think like God thinks. And our actions will follow. Our lives, our character will change for the better. If we think like God thinks, it has to start in the mind. St. Paul says that that's the battleground of our spiritual lives, is the mind and our thoughts. He says today in the second reading that the supreme good, where everything else pales in comparison, is knowing Christ as his Lord. Knowing, having that knowledge in his mind. In another letter, he says that we have to take every thought captive for Christ. And in yet another letter, he says that we have to be transformed by the level of our minds, in renewal of our minds. This is St. Paul, and this is our Lord, inviting you and me to enter into this battleground of our minds and our thoughts and to seek spiritual health, which begins there in the mind. And who of us doesn't struggle day to day, at least on the surface, with, uh, with maybe fears or anxieties or uh, judgmental or just negative thoughts in general? We can trace those back to an initial, a core thought, some fundamental thought that we have tucked deep in there. Anytime someone comes to the confession and mentions external sins, immediately I'm trained, or we're trained to, to think, why? What, what thought under the surface is driving those sinful actions on the surface? But it's a human thing. You can call it original sins that we uh, tend to focus our thoughts. Our thoughts tend to, to dwell on things in this life, in our lives, in the world that are going wrong that aren't going right, aren't going according to plan. Maybe it's something simple like this mass is too long, or maybe it's something like my basketball team lost last night, or maybe my paycheck isn't big enough. We tend to focus on those things that don't go right, and they don't leave much room to think about those things that go correctly. We forget that, without exaggerating, 10 trillion things have gone right today already, if you think about it. If you think about the fact that we woke up, that we turned the, the knob on the uh, faucet and water came out of that faucet, right? Hot or cold. And the fact that the sun rose, the fact that our atmosphere protects us from being fried by those sun uh, solar waves, all these things that go right. I don't think 10 trillion is an exaggeration. There are so many things going right in this world, in my life right now, and yet we just tend to focus on the few things that go wrong. Noticing what is going right in the world, it's another way of saying living gratitude. We're being thankful. We're noticing the things that God has allowed to go right. That's putting on the mind of Christ, I suggest. That is thinking as God thinks. I haven't seen this movie. It's called The Color Purple, but I did watch a clip of, uh, of a scene, I guess it's an iconic scene, of when they're walking, two, two characters are walking through a field of purple, beautiful flowers. And uh, one of the characters says, you know, I'm angry with God. I guess a lot of difficulty in her life at the time. I'm, I'm angry with God. And the other character says, you know, I think God's angry with us every time we walk through this field and we don't notice the color purple. It's a, it's a beautiful scene and a beautiful reminder that we live gratitude, that we notice what is going right. We notice what God has blessed us with. That's thinking like Christ. That's putting the thoughts of God in our minds and not our own. God wants to change our lives today by first changing our thoughts. And that includes, I'll finish with this, that includes learning to forgive sinners, learning to forgive ourselves, even serious sinners. Maybe that's us, maybe that's someone we know, someone in the news, someone in our life, at our workplace, even serious sinners like that woman caught in adultery. But we are not asked by our Lord to dwell on those sins, on ours or others. We're asked to dwell on his mercy, on his forgiveness, and on the future that is in store for any one of us at any given moment. Every sinner has a future that can be a saintly future. 
a life that is dedicated to God. That's what we focus on, the future that is free from sin. And it's not just our psychological health that's at stake. It's this health of our souls, of our spirits, of our very being. Our minds, our minds always have to be at work. They're always going to be thinking about something. We don't have a choice about that. They're, they're going to be thinking about something, but we do have a choice as to what we think about. And again, Jesus is inviting you and me this morning to think about what is going right in our lives, to think about what God thinks about, that you and I are loved into being, that we're destined to go home to heaven, that we're in the hands of a loving God, that our creation, this creation was made for us, and that sinners, us and others, we always have forgiveness available. There is always a future, a future that is full of the freedom that belongs to the sons and daughters of God.